On today's Believe in Chicago Sports podcast, we're talking Zach Levine. He's your newest all-star for the Bulls, his first appearance in the big game. Plus, some news and notes as spring training is beginning. Ah, baseball and warm weather. All that coming for you now in episode 46. Welcome in to the Believe in Chicago Sports podcast with your host, myself, Dan Collins, and Chi-Town Joey. Chicago Joe is back, who you could find on Twitter at Joey Gelman. Myself, you can find there as well. I am on Twitter at Tweet Dan Collins, this fine, lovely show uh, as well, at Believe in Chicago. As always, we are brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast for professionals. As mentioned, Shytown Joe, Shytown Joey, what do you prefer, Joe? Welcome back. Back in the city again. Thank you. I appreciate it. I like you didn't sh- bring you didn't bring Carson Wentz with you though. I, I didn't. Think the majority of Beers fans are are happy you didn't bring him with you from Philly. So you that's know, probably a good thing. You know, we only had a twelve foot truck, so we could only fit <laughs> so much. Couch, dresser, bed, no no Wentz room. That that should have been your pitch to, to Carson is hey look, I'm going back to Chicago. You could hitch a free ride with me. Right? You could have been the tour guide and everything. But like I said, prob- pro- probably a good thing he's not there. But welcome home sooner or later. <laughs> Thank you. Once the world is a better place, like you, I think you mentioned this a show or two ago. Perhaps we could finally do this bad boy in person. How about right? it? Instead of instead of via the Skype, which is just as fun. Don't get me wrong; it, it's it's been a great slice, and we, we've been on a little hiatus. Correct? I think we missed like a scheduled show or two. Yeah, so we missed last week. Yeah, so for all the listeners listening in, we do apologize. Um, I'm sure you definitely missed us immensely, right? But we're back on the mics, and it feels good. Uh, I, I must uh, I must admit, feels splendid. And we get to talk about a Chicago Bull all-star, Zach Levine. There may have been some last season who felt he should have been an all-star, competed in, was it the slam dunk contest, correct? Well, did, was it slam dunk and three-point contest? Remind me. I'm sorry. I did. I honestly... I'm trying to think. I know I know it was slam dunk for sure because he oh dunks God, the hell Now you're making ball, me remember these things. I think it was just a slam dunk, but I don't know. Joey as the co-host. I'm now turning him into the producer. Joey, get yeah, on the thanks. get on the Google. Get on the Google. <laughs> well, anyways, he's he's going to the All-Star game. First time ever in his still somewhat young career. And that gets us thinking, Joey, and we're going to get into the conversation here. I'll let you go on ahead and do the Google for me because I just threw that one at you. But um, you know, it got us thinking, okay, what do the Bulls really have here now? And we talked about Zach Levine a little bit last time on the show. And is he the alpha? Can he be an alpha? What exactly does he mean to this team's future in terms of how they're going to build slash maybe even a little bit of rebuild? after this season um and i guess it's also how much weight right is how we'll word it like how much weight does this all-star selection appearance add to the resume and to the negotiations right when he's you know sitting down you know at the desk or at the table with you know the front office of whatever team he signs for next let's say you know it's a it's a long-term contract with the Chicago Bulls does he get the max or as we were talking about off here Joey a little before the show what was it the super max or the max max the max squared or whatever you want to call it which 100% no offense to Zach Levine obviously he surely won't get the he's not going to go out there and get like a LeBron James style max absolutely not but is he still worthy you know now of a super hefty contract because of what comes with 
having an all-star appearance. Um, I think it's I think it's a less, you know, how much you weight the actual all-star selection, all-star, soon-to-be all-star appearance, and more so on how you actually take a step back and look at why and how he's become the all-star, right? But still, I mean, it's something to, you know, even if it's just a little bit of um, agent player speak that you throw in there at the negotiation table, right? When that time comes is, you know, you throw that all-star word out there because it's official, right? And it's you know, feels good. So yeah, you know, you, you look at now, like how much does that kind of alter what the bulls were, you know, planning on with him? So, I mean, I think it's interesting to, to discuss, which obviously we'll, we'll open the door to do so here. Um, so who knows, maybe now because he's an all-star trust him, right? I don't know. I think there's, <laughs> there's still plenty of way to go to think if he's going to be your number one man for the Chicago bulls, who's going to lead whatever you build around him. I'm still, it's going to take a lot for me to say he's the guy you build around instead of one of the main pieces you continue to build with. But who knows? I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe you have a different uh, perspective yourself, Joe. Shy town Joe. I'm sorry. Shy town Joe. Yeah, we're going to get used to that. I like it. Uh, no, it, it, it's a fascinating conversation because this is a guy I think we haven't really had a full answer on since he's been in Chicago. And we talked about it a couple weeks ago on if that Jimmy Butler trade was working. And with marketing's regression, with Kristen out of town, with Levine being a scorer but not necessarily that alpha, there's always that question. And you're seeing a guy now really step up his game, much freer in Billy Donovan's offense. And it's exciting. I mean, this is a guy that's averaging almost 30 points a game on, a, on an okay team, seventh in scoring in the league, and and is really balling out right now and deserves that all-star game. So, you know, kudos to him on, on, on accomplishing that. But it it begs the question of what and how you view him, you know, moving forward. And it's, it's, it's kind of funny when you think about it, like, you know, if it was the old regime or it's the bears regime, you go, boy, like they are loyal to a fault or they have poor evaluation of their talent. At least this group now in Eversley, AK and Donovan have the wherewithal to make the full decision. And I believe make the right one. And, you know, I can very well see them play this year out and blow up the entire thing. Maybe now they understand exactly being maybe a part of the next wave, even if they blow up a lot of this team. And he really is a scorer that needs to be uh, relied upon to build around. And it's it, it's going to be really interesting. I don't mean to say like the cliche, oh, it's interesting. We'll see what happens. But it, it's it's kind of like you got to wait and see how the second half goes and see what, what emerges. If he's a guy that's just scoring a ton of points, but the Bulls are regressing as a whole as a team, it's a different story. If you have this guy leading the pack and giving you some wins, and maybe, you know, I don't expect him to make a playoff appearance or a run, but if you're sniffing it at the end, it's because of him, then there's a conversation to be had. He knows how to win, knows how to build. He, he, he's making the guys around him better. And so those are things you're going to have to take into consideration as you go in the second half of, of the season this year. You know, it's interesting you mentioned that. You, you mentioned how, like, well, how's the rest of the team going to do too? Are they going to, is it going to going to be a regression? Are they going to continue to get better as, you know, where they sit here now at the season where we, as we're recording this show, they're just below, you know, a few games, a couple games below 500. So, you know, they're roughly a 500 team. They're playing rough, roughly 500 ball so far. And I, you know, we, we mentioned it earlier. I'm trying to remember like what show it was. It's obviously one of the previous ones. Go back and take a listen uh, for those who haven't listened to the previous shows. Um, But Part of what makes you a really good player, especially on the basketball court when there's only four other guys out there with you, is how well 
are the, like how well are you improving the players around you, right? How well is how well are other players who are with you? If you are the true alpha, right? Are they getting better because you're there? But I think it's interesting to look at because, like I said, for me, it's going to take a lot to convince me that Zach Levine is the superstar. You you dedicate the the build around. But an interesting thing to look at is evaluate, you know, and as critically as you should, the rest of the talent around Zach Levine and how fair, I mean, I know they're just roughly, you know, a 500 team, but how well they've still been playing this year because they've just about been in everything, right? I mean, for all you gamblers out there, they're like, they've been the cover of the, of the season really to, to go with in terms of if the Bulls will cover, uh, especially when they're the underdog because they do quite well. So, you know, they've still been playing better basketball <laughs> as they have the past couple seasons. And to me, it's easier to then evaluate how good he's been and how good he's been progressing when you see how maybe there's certain players on the team that you were expecting to kind of pick up the slack a little bit and progress with them. You know, someone like someone like Olari Markinen, for example. So when you look at all the other pieces like that that are performing maybe at par or a little below par or well below par, <laughs> right? Depending on how you golf nerds want to look at it. Um, I mean, Larry Markinen for for the most part this season has been probably putting up a couple bogeys in, in terms of expectations there. Um, so I think that's one thing you also have to look at, right? When you're evaluating exactly what you have with Zach Levine, because truth be told, I mean, this is a no shit statement, but he's obviously the man leading leading the group right now, right? Like he's the main reason the Bulls are. Close to that 500 mark. If you take Zach Levine off the court for like 10, 20 games, this team sucks, right? Right? They're awful. Like they are very, very bad. And I don't think the same can be said for any other player on that team. If you remove anybody else in the starting five, I think they they still get along just fine. You have somebody else on the bench you could plug and play, and you know they'll they'll stay afloat because you still have Zach Levine there. So I think that's that gives him you know that 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 boosts things up and adds to his credibility or. You know, to his stardom, you know, if you will, you know, forgive me if you don't like stardom, you know, me throwing that word around with Zach Levine. But I think it's definitely something to look at and still plenty of season to go. So that's what I'm going to be looking at now, especially post All-Star game is like you said, one, how the team continues to progress. But whether or not they do, how much of it is because of Zach Levine, because if there's any player that you're going to be, you know, focusing in on the most, as you just mentioned, that new front office and a new, new, um, new coach is that it's probably Zach Levine, right? Because that's probably where the biggest decision lies. If you take any other player and either trade, don't sign, you know, to decide to go a different direction, I don't think it's that much of a head scratcher. You you kind of look at the new front office, you know, that's there, and you go, okay, this is the direction they're choosing. But if you were to walk away or trade, you know, say like a Zach Levine, then it's like, hmm, wow, what what was it there that they weren't completely sold on? And obviously, it you know, it would all depend on you know when 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 and if you know you ever get to that point. But that's the number one guy to look at. So be be very interesting uh, the rest of the way here for the Bulls. And once again, obviously, congratulations on that on that All Star appearance. And we've said it multiple times as well, like. Thank you for making – he's one of the main reasons the Bulls are even watchable this year. So for my viewing pleasure, thanks, Zach Levine. Time to go. Time to go make a hell of an all-star appearance, hopefully. Yeah, I hope so. But I, I I love the way you put that about how, you know, this team, if if you have anybody else missing an action for a night, they're toast. 
But Levine is the one guy that you can't live without. Excuse me, I'm sorry. I flipped what you said. You... <laughs> sorry. If, Brain... if Levine's out there toast. Thank you. Brain's a little messy today. Uh, if if Levine's out there toast, but any other guy that, that is out for the game has really no impact on how they do. And I think... No, you're making sandwiches still. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, so that's a really big statement, I think, of, of a guy that you win because of, not win with. And... I think it, it it's a really good sign when you have a guy you can rely on like that, but also a really scary one for the rest of the guys in your team. And that's a topic for another show. But you know, we don't have the other guys progressing like they should. You you you, you worry, but no, I, I I I think he's played his way at least into the conversation. I think there was a in terms of a being a guy to build around, and, and I think there's a lot of question about that for a couple of years now. Of he's really good but wasn't great. And you were hoping for at least some portion of greatness uh, when you gave away Butler, who, you know, was also ironically your last all-star, but also took the heat uh, to the finals last year. So I, I think he he's definitely now in that conversation and, and the new management can really take a look and go, okay, like this guy's proven himself. Is he worth it? Is this the guy we want to build our team around? And if not, is he worth keeping in some capacity as a big-time number two or uh, a guy you can really get you a lot of points. Cause that's what he can do. I mean, he, he, he can score like crazy. So I'm, I I agree with you. I think he's the, you know, one of the sole reasons to watch this year besides Patrick Williams' development, which has been fun too. But, um, you know, good for him. The Bulls are the Bulls are trying to get back into good graces in the national viewership and, and perspective. <laughs> And, you know, to finally have... Since 1998. Seriously. But to finally have a player that is uh, all-star caliber for the first time in, you know, four or five years is is big for them. I mean, especially last year when you had the damn all-star game in Chicago and you couldn't produce mm-hmm. one, right? So yeah. I, think, I, I, I think it's a really good sign that at least in this new era of Bulls basketball... Players are looking better, and one of them is looking way better and deserves an all-star game. And got it. Also, I take that back because the Derrick Rose years were pretty awesome. You know, the you, you wish it was a little longer. But no, it hasn't necessarily been since 1998 since getting in the good graces, but you, you catch the drift. It's been all too long since not only in the good graces, but also making a legitimate championship run, which I know it seems they are very far away from. But still, like as a fan, you're still hungry for that. And that's what you're trying to do is come up with. You're trying to project that formula, right? That formula to get you to the championship. What do we have to do? How many moving pieces? How far away are we, right? Because that's what you should always be thinking about. Because if you're not thinking about with the team you have now, how you can move some pieces and puzzles around within the next year, the next two seasons, and how to get closer to that championship, then what the hell are you doing? Um, so, And that being said, this is where it gets interesting now. We joked about either getting the Max Max or the Super Max, you know, that Triple Max, X squared to the third power, what it, whatever it is in the NBA now with those different, different type of big money contracts you could get. But to me, the question becomes, when you go back to that money standpoint, is depending on what you're willing to do with Zach Levine in terms of eventually signing on the dotted line for a long-term plan. If he is one of the guys you're going to want for the long haul, I'm very interested in one, what that type of money is going to be like, because you're also going to need, whether you think he is the main guy or not, you still need other 
awesome pieces, very talented, big money players to come in and, pr- and produce with them. Because what we have now, even if Markkinen were to turn things around a little bit and start progressing, he's not a big <laughs> Nobody else we have, right? And I mean, White still needs a little bit of time to regress. I, I don't know what your thoughts necessarily are, like on Wendell Carter Jr., but we don't necessarily have up-and-coming stars, right? It's, it's just it, – we, we just don't. P- potentially pretty darn good basketball players, not other stars to couple with Zach Levine. So once again, bringing the full circle, depending on what your long-term plans are with him, and if he's he's proven that he's going to be the type of guy you want on this team for the long haul, he's going to earn some pretty decent cash, right? It might not be this – outrageous you know outlandish max deal but he's gonna earn some pretty damn good money i mean all-star selection this year or not he's earning himself a pretty solid paycheck eventually and that that just me gets the wheels thinking as a bulls fan where i hope they're still <laughs> willing to keep opening up that checkbook then right for my own selfish enjoyment and my own selfish reasons to bring in those other like i said all-star caliber players are going to need a couple more at least a couple more in today's nba to also bring them in and compete so when the wheels start turning you know in the long term which they always are as, as a chicago sports fan right whether your team is currently in the hunt or not that's always what you're thinking of so obviously immediately that's where i go in terms of all right well if this is one of the guys what does the rest look like because i feel you know, you ask yourself, you look around the rest of the lineup and the bench and you say, well, yeah, if that guy were to be around, it's not going to cost the Bulls much money anyway. So once again, it goes to the whole well, we're, we're making toast and burning toast again analogy, uh, where if you don't have a Zach Levine, if you are keeping all those other players, they're not getting obviously they're not getting Zach Levine money. They're not as good as Zach Levine. <laughs> so that that goes, you know, that goes to show you that. But. You know, Zach Levine is the main one that obviously not only the front office is going to focus on, but even the fans, because with retaining him, eventually, especially if it's a long-term plan, comes that long-term good money. I just love how we can sit here and, like, see that Zach Levine is 26 and is on his third mega, like, his second big deal, third deal in the NBA, and it's like, no matter what, this guy's going to get paid. Like, it's it's crazy, the money in the yeah. NBA. Like, it's good, good. he chose just the, the right way it sport. Works, you know. Yeah, well, exactly, and I'm glad you brought that up because the reason why we are talking about this so much is the NBA and kudos to them in, in terms of the players. You know, they're they're kind of in the forefront in terms of making sure the players have a lot of good leverage, right? In terms of renegotiating deals, negotiating deals from the start, you name it. They're very, very good at making sure the players, deservedly so, in my opinion, you know, rightfully so, get the type of contracts that are owed to them. Right. Um, so, so that's why, you know, like you said, he's sitting here at 26 years old and you're constantly talking about different type of dollar amounts. He potentially could be making a few seasons from now. And, you know, it's because the player, the NBA in, in general seems to kind of be ahead of the curve there with making sure the players have a lot of levers there at the negotiation table. But, you know, that's another thing, too. 26 years old. <laughs> you know, you bring that up. It's pretty damn young. That's younger than the both of us. And, you know, it's it's just crazy to think about that with that young talent. I mean, he's got you would a lot of good years, you know, left in the tank. You know, if he, if he stays healthy and everything goes well, then he's got plenty of years, you know, of prime. He's getting into his prime. You would say he's ramping up, so you're probably you're probably not even at peak Zach Levine yet. Maybe, but He's potentially not even reached that peak yet, so you got to, at the very least, I'm, I feel like you could be confident that you have a lot of good basketball years 
left in him. Now it's just all a matter of, like I said, as we've been seeing on this you know entire pot so far, is connecting all the dots for the future. Right. Yeah. I mean, you 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 said it earlier about the you need the rising stars, and at least you know you have one. It's twenty six. Do a buttload of money soon. I mean, I recently signed a new deal, but. You know, it's it's that's one of those rising stars in your team. We go, okay, like we know what we got in him, and we'll make the determination if it's the real huge deal. But at least we know that's one, and now it's going along and and filling out that roster with more all stars, with more first teams, with more you know all, all all these kind of players to to complement that and hopefully build something eventually special. I I I I hope they do. I really do. It's been a long time. Yeah, I mean, we'll wait and see. And speaking of projecting and thinking about what the future is going to hold, you know, for sports teams here in Chicago. You look out the window right now for all the Chicago listeners, still a little bit of snow on the ground. Thank goodness the temperatures have changed in this city and the snow surely is now going away because we want that warm weather. Bring it in. The boys of summer are down in in nice, beautiful warm weather in spring training and they're getting things going. So I look at you, Joey, and, it's, kind of, it's also kind of weird to think they're down there, right, like in, in spring training. like Not only with how wicked the winter and the snow has been in Chicago. And, I mean, the, obviously, whenever pitchers and catchers report to camp, it's, you know, you're talking middle of February. It's freezing in Chicago for the most part. So it always feels a little weird. But just with the way the baseball season went last year, even how it ended in the World Series with the whole Turner thing, you know, when, when the Dodgers finally win it all and just the lack of fans and – it kind of brings you back to that oof moment of what happened like last year, just during the middle of spring training, right? When the whole coronavirus thing really hit. And then there was literally spring training games going on, you know, at the time where they were just shutting everything down. Um, so it, it's just, it is weird to think about, but you stay as positive as ever as you should. And as we like to do on this show and Cubs and Sox spring training, baby. What are you What are you most looking forward to? Because there there are a couple things that I'm, and we talked about last week on our, our our lovely Valentine's Day edition. Like you know some of the the things we love so far, and kind of what we're looking forward to. But specifically, I guess from a spring training angle, is there anything in particular that very early on you're making sure to keep an eye on for the Cubs or Sox? What do we What do you want me to start? Give with? me both. I'll take both. Shy Town Joe. He's, he's ready to back. talk both teams. Um, I'll start with my boys on the north side. I I think there the biggest go. two storyline. I mean, there's a there's plenty, but easy ones for me are uh, Ian Happ and the return of Jake Arrieta. I think those okay. are my two unknown, interesting storylines because I think you know for Arietta, this is a guy that you know basically gave you all he had and won a World Series with. You decided to move on from him and go to Darvish, and now it's a reunion tour, and it's a good story, but will it actually work? And I'm fascinated to see what he has left, how he's crafted his game differently, and and what he'll mean to this Cubs rotation that is interesting, to say the least, yet could probably still win them a division, which is odd. So I think that's a big one for me. And the in-a-half question is always interesting, too, because he's a guy that, you know, for the longest time split with Albert Almora, and had bigger offensive numbers than Elmora. Elmora defensively was always the better option late in games, and they both progressed, progressed, progressed. Happy that took that extra jump, you know, in in twenty early twenty nineteen, end of twenty 
19 season and then obviously the 2019-2020 season. And now he's the legit center fielder. I mean, I know they have Jock Peterson, but he's probably taken over for Schwarber. And so now this is his, you know, real first year to command the outfield and also take the next step offensively. And I'm, I'm fascinated to see what he turns into because I think they really believe in him. And I want to see that, you know, come true. And so I'm... I, I, I'm looking forward to seeing what his development is in spring training to then help me understand what I should expect uh, come the start of the regular season because, you know, this team has so many damn questions. So um, we'll we'll have to wait and see. But I'll start with Cubs. I'll throw it back to you so I don't go on a soapbox. And you can do your socks, and I'll do my socks. Or you can do your Cubs. We can, we can go back and forth like a real show would do. Sure, I'll put my socks on. No worries. All right, let, let's see. Well, definitely – and this is actually more more recently um, because I think we're, we're finally going to get the chance to see him this year after only playing um, minor league baseball is is Andrew Vaughn, the White Sox top prospect. Uh, they've had they've had many a top prospect the past few years, right, even though the majority of them now coming up into the big leagues. And actually, Scott Merkin of MLB.com just wrote a story uh, recently about Vaughn and how he's trying to become he's trying to make sure he could cement himself as like, you know, White Sox designated hitter. And you look at it. One with being the team's top prospect, and and I mean when they drafted him, that was the big thing. Is like, is this guy is probably the most MLB ready player in the draft? And you look at it, and you you know for somebody like me who was just completely spoiled at the first base DH position growing up, where you had the big herd Frank Thomas, you know the Hall of Famer, the legend himself in this city. Then you go to Paul Canerco, and then you go to Jose Abreu, and now potentially. Even though you know you hope Jose's around long enough to to win a ring here because that's what they're trying to do, right? They're trying to bring that championship bro- trophy, brophy. <laughs> that'd be good, right? Trophy back to the south side of Chicago is. Can you imagine going from, you know, Big Hurt, Paul Canerco, Jose Abreu to a promising Andrew Vaughn? So that's one thing I'm definitely looking at early is how MLB ready is he really, right? Now going into coming into this year, hopefully a lot more of a normal year where he could get that type of, you know, just step-by-step step until he gets into the big leagues whenever the team in the front office sees fit. Um, so that's definitely it. You know, it, it's exciting to think about. Last show, you know, we talked about Michael Kopech, but Andrew Vaughn in particular, not only because he's that, you know, potential piece, that the next piece that can help, you know, put things together and get, add a little bit more offense to the lineup, him and Jose Abreu as a tandem. That just sounds filthy, um, you know, to get you into, into the show. So you look at that in just terms of what that legacy has been at the first base, D, first base DH position. And let's face it, like I just mentioned, him being the most MLB ready draft pick, at least that he was projected to be that it's because they wanted to place him in so quickly, right? Because they're here. So the draft pick that they made when they did select Vaughn was because we're here, we're at the cusp of this. Let's get us a bat who's ready, prime for the show, soon, you know, sooner rather than later, and let's let's make him almost an addition to this run, right? So for all those reasons, I'm definitely looking, uh, have my early eyes on Andrew Vaughn for sure. No, that's a good one. I think it's interesting because they're putting a lot of weight into him. Like, they didn't get Nelson Cruz. They didn't go after other guys to fill that void. They're hoping he can really step up and do it. So we'll have to we'll have to wait and see if that works. Um, I guess I'll do my socks one. I, I, I know it's, like, an easy name to recognize, but I just I, – I, I'm interested to see the Tim Anderson that we mm. see this year. I think after coming off such an incredible year last year, I want to see what he does in the off what he's done in the offseason – 
why doesn't spring training to continue that and to build it up? And I think I, it's he he he's the face of this team right now, and it's a very exciting face and a good one. And so I hope that that continues. And I want to really see what his relationship is like with Larusa as they begin here, because as we all know, the storylines it's a it, it is very volatile on paper. It hasn't been yet, obviously, but but the 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 everything we've read about. Larusa versus Anderson in terms of their views on life are very different. So I I, I I hope that work they work things out and are able to continue successfully together. But I think that's definitely a storyline to watch this spring and how that evolves and gets them ready to, you know, put their issues, you know, aside and play and manage together to have some really special baseball coming on the south side. No, that's fair. I mean, very notable player, like you said, an easy name to pick, but also more importantly, like you mentioned, just somebody like a leader like Tim Anderson is outspoken. And then, I mean, things are out there, right? In terms of just views on the world. And, you know, now you have this guy literally at the head, you know, he's leading the, he's leading the charge, right? And Tony LaRussa and then the personality and the outspoken type of leader that is Tim Anderson for the club, you know, it's, it, it's conflicting at the, in terms of the headlines. But like you said, when, when the rubber meets the road, how exactly will that add up, right? And hopefully it all turns out well, you know, me as a Sox fan, I, I definitely think so. You as the Cubs fan, I was actually hoping you went, you know, off the wall and you were just interested to see how Len, Cas- Len Casper would do his first season in the radio booth for the White Sox. So uh, that, that's, that's a good one. Freaking awesome broadcast. Really looking forward to that. Len Casper, hell of a talent. Um, and so for me, this is an easy one too, right? I'm going to go with a very big name. And it's Chris Bryant, and honestly, even as a Sox fan, I hope he has just fun again, (laughs) right? There was that whole story that came out, and you know, then Chris Bryant coming out on Twitter, you know, kind of like defending himself in terms of saying, "No, I like kind of made it seem like that's not what I said. I am still having fun out there." But there's also been, you know, many interviews, or at least a couple out there, where he kind of does, you know, tackle the issue of not having. As much fun playing the game for you could connect it like to accolade purposes and just the terms of being almost like this prodigy like beginning of a career. And it's only natural. I mean, it, it really is. I mean, when, when you connect all the dots, I mean, and, and get and you know, get into it, it makes a lot of sense. So for me, I hope he doesn't necessarily, you know, for the sake of Chicago and for the sake of the fans, need say like maybe just a just a change of face, you know, change of scenery if you will, to kind of spark that up. I hope he's still able to find a way to do it while remaining on the north side as a Cub. Because um, I, I think it's that would just be better, right? Like, I, I think that if he could find that joy and if he could play, you know, with that natural smile like he does again on a consistent basis and get back to the, the, the form that was that, like I said, prodigy-like beginning of a career and still, a very er- still early on in his career, he's got – you look at his age, he's got plenty of baseball left in the tank if, you know, if he wants to for the, for the style of player that he is. So, you know, just just for the sake of, you know, the, the city and you know, you look at the, you know, for the Cub fans, it hasn't been a, an incredible, you know, an enjoyable offseason. This in this season in particular, right? It's it's been more of a 
more of a head scratcher and put your head down decisions, you know, in the in terms of when you read the decisions of the front office than it has been cheerful and optimistic. Um, so yeah, I would hope a legendary player like Chris Bryant, who's had that type of a start of a career, could find a way to find that form again. I love it. You know me; I'm always on the Chris Bryant train. That's true. So. I didn't even do it for that reason. Oh, you are you're huge, Chris Bryant. You're you're the conductor. So. Oh yeah, choo choo. Didn't All even aboard. think about that, but. Sure. It, to no surprise, you're a fan of it. Yeah. No. I. 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 I hope he turns this thing around. I mean, he. He's one. Right. He was one of those guys that came with all the clout in the world, greatest player of all time, and has really regressed. So I. I. I hope he turns it around and is the leader for this team. And again, in a very, very winnable division for them. Well, he could look at it this way, right? One of the main things he said is, you know, what's next? I mean, look at everything he's done in the career in terms of Rookie of the Year, MVPs, um, you know, World Series champ. And maybe what's next is that challenge he faces now, you know, something he's never faced in baseball, which is losing the joy of actually playing the game. I'm sure that's a challenge he's never had before. So maybe that's the next hurdle that you get to maybe seeing it as a challenge to overcome kind of reversing time a little bit and going back to that state of mind, trying your best if possible to find that state of mind is his next baseball challenge. And hopefully he could check it off, check it off the list as accomplished like he did all the other ones very early on. Yeah. I think that's a great point. And you know, what a worse time to try to find joy in the game again than amidst this craziness of a world right now. And, and, I'm not going to go on a soapbox on that for hours, but that's real. I mean, I mean, you know, players yeah. are so laser focused into their training, into their games, and doing all this stuff, but have everything around them to balance that. And so you can relax and find that joy again in the game, just like all of us right now. Like you know, we're trying to find joy in doing this show, trying to find joy in doing everything. Yeah. But that outside I'm- noise is very loud, and 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 when the world's kind of shut down around you, it's tough. So I. You know, I I think it's you're it, it, you're right. It's going to be one of the toughest challenges he's probably faced his entire career because to be like number one in the top of the world early and to regress and have to fight back and prove yourself again, plus amidst all of that's going on in the world and playing another pandemic season where players are opting out for a second straight year because of safety concerns. Yeah, that's a lot to deal with mentally, and so. You know, you you hope he can do it, and and you see that he is human, just like us, and and you know we're all pulling for him, and and you hope he can do it. Look at that! What a welcome back to Chicago show for Joey Gelman. There on a positive, that was a positive note to end things on, right? That that was positive. Um, no, for, for sure. I mean, as as it, it's it's weird to even think about. I mean, we're sitting here at the end of February, and I mean. Games are spring training games already. They're, they're going to start. They're, they're starting up as we record this, you know, pod right now. It's within a couple days, so we're going to actually see live baseball again on our TV screens, albeit exhibition style. But definitely something to look forward to. Um, you know, like I said, this, the snow here in the city finally getting off the pavement and time to move into the spring. Which hopefully, like you said, it's been a hectic last twelve plus months. Hopefully, more and more optimism as we go along. Absolutely. See, gotta end every show on a positive note. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Snow melting, Zach Levine's an all-star, and baseball warm thoughts for both of our teams. You can't have it any better than that. Well, that's going to do it for us today on the Believe in Chicago Sports Podcast. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at Believe in Chicago, part of the Believe Podcast Network, the 
number one podcast network for professionals. I'm Joey Gelman. You can follow me. Excuse me. I'm Chi-Town Joey. You can follow me on Twitter at Joey Gelman on Twitter. Uh, Dan is at TweetDanCollins on Twitter. Thank you guys so much for listening. We're sorry for the uh, hiatus last week. We're back in action giving you all of our thoughts moving forward. Until next time, we hope you have a great rest of your day, and we'll catch you soon. Take care. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.